Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Then the devil asked him, taking him upon a mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, I will, it will be yours. But Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written that you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and he sent him up on a pinnacle of the temple and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. I mean, the devil's persistent. (laughs) He said, if you're, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself down from here. Then he starts quoting scripture. Oh, now he's getting serious. He's quoting scripture to Jesus. For isn't it said that he will give his angels charge over you? Yeah, it's in Psalms. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him again, It is written, or it has been said by God, that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Very important. And then here it is. Then Jesus, everyone say, then Jesus. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to his old neighborhood. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news. Amen? I want us to say together real nice and loud this morning. Say it like you mean it. Try to say it without looking at the screen. Our mission statement. I am the church. I am called to represent Christ and influence others. I am called to make a difference. I am called to love God and to serve people. Why? I am the church. Say it again. I am the church. Amen. Good job. Lord, we thank you. Have your way, as we done said, Lord, in our hearts today. I bless your holy name. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. Thank you, worship team. Making it through all of that still did good. Amen. God is good. And yes, he is all the time. All the time, God's good. Amen. Yes. I said it before you did. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today, preach to you, teach to you, maybe be a little bit more teaching. I don't know if you wanted to hear me preach and run around and shout. And, ha, you should have came last week. Amen. Um, this week, I'm going to try, to try to hold myself a little bit. Hey, brother. God bless you, man. Amen. Isn't Bill awesome? This guy drives from River Rouge every, every week to be with us. I'm telling you, man. It's, he thought you'd drive far. I mean, we've got guys driving from Lansing. Amen. Amen. Everything else. Uh, from, from Florida. Amen, Joe. Amen. I, I think you got them all beat. God is good, man. Amen. The church that's alive is worth the drive, right? Why do we come? Why do we do this? Because of the presence of God's here, man. Amen. And he, he, uh, he's real and he's in this place. And I just love God. I love you, man. If I don't say it enough, I love this church. I love what God is doing. I love what he's going to do, uh, what he's already done, and what he is doing right now. Amen? God is good. Woke up a little sick this morning, but uh, God has helped me through it. And his presence was here in the first service, and I, I'm just getting warmed up. So, amen. You ready? Hope you canceled your afternoon plans. Amen. No, we're, we're doing fine. Don't get nervous. Sit down. Amen. 
But I want to talk to you today about something that isn't really real popular. Uh, in fact, if you're scrolling on our podcast, someone may see the title of this message and be like, yeah, I'm going to wait because I it's not real popular, but it is, I mean, it's one of the most important topics we can discuss ever. And it is the character of Christ. I want to talk about our character of Christ, our character. Everyone say character. Our character. I know character isn't real popular today in our, in our society. We don't, we don't really talk a lot about it. It doesn't seem to be that important. It, you know, we, we celebrate talent over integrity. We, we celebrate uh, how, you know, how you look and our strength and, and, and all these outward things is what gets the attention. It's what on these reality shows. It's, it's what everyone looks at. But what God really looks at is character. He looks at integrity. And, and in fact, beauty will fade. Looks will fade. Talents will kind of fade a little bit. How I many you know you're not able to do the things you used to do when you're younger than you were? You know, I just watched the ESPN. They, they inducted, inducted into the Hall of Fame some of my great superstars stars of football and Kurt Warner was on there last night man and and they show the flashback pictures of when he played quarterback for the Saints one of only three quarterbacks that led his team and started with two different teams of the Super Bowl okay you may be bored right now I get to get better in just a minute but um in the back they have these pictures of when he was all young and all that now he's all gray hair and standing up there and by the way I love Kurt Warner what he said you might want to look it up on YouTube and find and, and hear his statement he ended his uh probably about a 20-minute speech. A Hall of Fame is pretty big stuff, you know. And so these guys get all emotional. And they say a lot of good things, and they give props and credit and honor to all the coaches and the no-names and people that don't really get recognized for it. But I love what he said at the end. He said, I want to give glory and honor and respect to the one that has made the biggest difference in my life and uh, why I am able to do what I'm able to do. And he just starts to go right in. He backs up, and he says, I thank you, Jesus. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was awesome. Character. And that's what everyone knows Kurt Warner for. Yeah, he got the Super Bowl rings. And he even said, if I don't win uh, before he won his Super Bowl, he said, if I don't ever get to the big game, you know, yeah, I want to get there. That's the goal of any athlete. He said, but I want to leave. I don't want to be a legend, but I want to leave a legacy. And there's a huge difference. We think we want to leave things to our kids. But what God wants us to do is leave something in our kids. And, and it's different. And we got to say, God, it's not about me being a legend, but I want to leave a legacy. And in order to do that, God's saying, I want you to do that, but you need to have the care. It takes character. I'm going to say character in order to do that. We want to have the, the power of God. We want to have the miracles of Christ. We want to be able to do all these wonderful things. And I believe in all of that. But God is wanting us to have the character of Christ. The character of Christ. I mean, we know Jesus, uh, he walked on water. We know Jesus did these awesome miracles. He changed history forever. But what kind of man was he? What, what kind of, of, of a guy was he that you would be able to hang out with? I mean, that, that's what, you, you only find that by reading the black, not the red letters. Uh, of course, Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words shall never pass away. Yes, I know that. I understand it. I get it. But in the black part of the story, it starts to describe how Jesus acted when his family turned on him. Before he walked on water, he taught us that we should give and pour water for people in his name. That's character. We have there's such an emphasis on the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm Pentecostal. I believe in the power. Thank God. But I need you to know something today that God's more interested in developing our character and having the character of Christ before we get to the power of Christ. Are you with me? 
And so that's, that's where we are as you study the life of Jesus. So let's see at the very beginning. Go ahead and throw that Luke up there for us. Uh, I talked about this a little bit last week. I always tell people, find yourself in the Bible. And I don't know about you, but man, I can find myself. Every time I read this, it reminds me of when I first got saved. Uh, it'll be 20 years for me this year that I said yes to Jesus. And he set me free and he changed my life. That's like getting older. Amen. So uh, I, I noticed my preaching and teaching and, and the things that matter to me are a little bit more important and the things that I used to think were important they're not getting that they're not that important to me anymore I don't know so as you cross 40 everybody that's over 40 you know exactly what I'm talking about you know anyway so anyway I love the story and it says this is how Jesus got his beginning hope you see yourself in this it says and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said you are my beloved son in you I am well pleased isn't that awesome then it says, then Jesus, woo, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I, I love reading that he's standing uh, for 30 years. He's 30 years old. No one really knew Jesus as being anything other than a carpenter's son, right? He was a carpenter. And, and uh, John the Baptist had been talking about it. One day there's a revival that's going to come. One day there's a Messiah that's going to come. He's going to take away the sins of the world. I mean, John is setting it up. He's the forerunner. He's telling everybody, man, revival's getting ready to happen. I mean, that's all he's doing. He's preaching, preaching. And then, lo and behold, on this day, he looked up, and here comes Jesus Christ on his way to get water baptized. And he says, Behold! You don't have to wait for it no more. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Woo! I mean, what an introduction is that? I mean, right? Jesus walks in. He goes, yeah, that's me. Found it. No, not really. He's actually just walking in saying, hey, man, uh, yeah, I need you to baptize me. And John says, whoa, 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 I'm not going to baptize you, man. You get special privileges. You are Jesus. You are the Messiah. You know, I love it because you don't find people in the Word of God like, uh, like you see on TMZ. I mean, you don't, you don't see the paparazzi following them around. It, John wasn't like, and here's Jesus. You know, you, you never find that. You just find that these, these men were just, just humble and, and just real. And Jesus said, no, man, it's not about all of that. I want you to baptize me so I can fulfill Scripture, number one, and I need to be an example to everyone else. And so Jesus gets water baptized. You imagine John baptizing Jesus. How many has been baptized? I hope you've all been baptized in water. Listen, you need it. You need to do it. If you're a follower of Christ, you need to get in the tank. You don't have to get water baptized to go to heaven because we know that the man, the thief on the cross, did not get water baptized, but yet Jesus said, today you'll be with me in heaven. But he had a good excuse. He was on the cross. So if you're not on the cross, get in the tank. Jesus is standing there and a voice comes out of heaven. I mean, the Holy Ghost comes down in the form of a dove, lands on his shoulder. I mean, it's like, woo! it's Jesus. I mean, the voice is there. No longer are you the carpenter's son. You are the Messiah. I mean, he's got a new identity. I mean, I talked about that last week in the detail. But as I read this, I said, man, that is so much like my life. I remember when I got saved. And you've heard some of my story. I tell it a lot from maybe different perspectives and different parts of it. Uh, well, I, it's good because it's, it's my secret weapon. And it's your secret weapon. You know, the end of the Bible ends like this. That those who overcome, those who overcome, how many want to be an overcomer? Those who overcome well, takes two things. One, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and they overcame by the word of their testimony. So we need the blood of Jesus to overcome, but you also have a testimony. How did you meet the Lord? When was that? A testimony is how you were before you met the Lord, how you met the Lord, and how your life is now. If you want to write that down, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Your testimony is how you were before you met the Lord, that B.C. of you. 
how you met Jesus on TV, a family member at River of Life, at a church. How, How was your encounter? And then there should be a change. Everyone say change. How are you now? That's a testimony. And so I, I, I tell it because it is my weapon. It's what is so real to me. And, and I relate so much to this. I got saved, 25 years old. I had a lot of addictions in my life, a lot of issues going on. And, man, I thought about serving the Lord actually for a period of two years. I, I counted the cost. You know, I knew serving God. My dad was a preacher, so I heard this stuff before. I kind of got the idea. I, and I was always the type of person that whatever I do, I'm going to do it 100%. That was me. If I'm going to play football, I'm going to play football. I'm a, if, if I'm I'm going to play uh, whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to do it 100%, you know, whatever. And so this Jesus thing, I was going to do it 100% as well. And I did. And I got saved. And I mean, I went home and I went down in my basement. My basement was set up like a party. Everybody was at my house. It was like almost a party house. It was a party house all the time. And so I had all this stuff in my house and partying. Well, when I got saved, man, I did a spiritual detox. This is radical repentance. This is, this is revival style. Amen. How many know if you get saved the right way, you'll live the right way? I, I, I just, you know, and, and so I got down there and I said, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going back. Amen. I'm not going back. That was even before the song came out. I mean, I was serious. And all I had was Toby Mac and DC Talk. That was it. I mean, Lecrae and 116 was just now coming out. We were kind of struggling if they were listening. You know, I mean, we, that's just where the church was. Uh, worship had come into the church like Hillsong. Shout to the Lord. Lord, all the earth. Okay, and then Lindo Cooley, you know, I came to praise him with his long hair. And everyone's like, I don't know if I like that. You know, that's where the church was. Okay, I got saved right there. It was all messed up, and I love it. I love when God messes everything up. Amen? Because you can't fit it into a box. And so anyway, there I was. I went down to my basement. I cleaned my basement out. I got rid of all of the drugs and alcohol and things that I was addicted to and things that were bad for me. I did that. I got rid of it all. Even the little stash, in case this Jesus thing don't work. And I, I got rid of it. I said, babe, I'm going to do it. Friends would come over and I'd say, hey, hey, hey. Come on in, but leave it outside. Leave the jack outside. Little Jack Daniels, whatever. Come on, we're going to watch football. We're going to do it sober. And you sit down and everybody's like, this is weird. You realize you don't really have a lot in common when you have some friends that you used to... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, wrong service. I don't know. Are you guys with me? And uh, I was like, man, you like that? Yeah, what's your name? (laughs) I always called you Bill. Oh, your name's Fred. My bad. That's why you always looked at me funny. But I had this awesome thing. I water baptized. My wife and I got baptized together on that Sunday. It was a very large church we were going to, and pastor didn't do the baptisms. He usually had one of the pastors do it and, and stuff. But on that Sunday, he did the baptism, so I thought it was extra special. Jesus loves me even more than all of you. And so, I mean, little things like that. I mean, I was just, I, I pull up to Walmart, and I get a parking place. Thank you, God! Oh, you go, you're like that, amen? I, I, I thought God was just everywhere. I mean, God was, and He was, and God was everywhere. I looked in the Word of God, and I started learning about being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in the heavenly language and how the Spirit of God came down, and they received power. Man, and they can lay hands on people, and miracles would happen. And you can pray, and there's a way that you can pray to God and bypass this stinking, thinking, doubtful mind and pray in a heavenly language. And I thought that was not weird. I thought it was awesome. I was like, man, 
man, I want this. And, and so I got filled with the Holy Spirit just a few months after that in February. I got saved in November. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in, November, in, in February. God was good. I mean, I'm right here with Jesus. The voice come from heaven. I didn't have that. The Holy Spirit didn't come in the form of a bird. But I, I was with him all the way through getting raises at work. The favor of God was on my life. It was exciting. I loved it. You know where I'm going with it. <laughs> and then, if you notice, put that back up there for me, brother. You'll notice at the end of it, it says, that this, then, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. So he's having this moment where God is like, whoa. I mean, he's literally, oh. And people are like, whoa, this is Jesus, Joseph's son. I did not know. Wow. I mean, this is amazing. And be, but before, and another thing I love about this is before he did one miracle, before he did one sermon, he never preached one sermon or nothing. But at that moment, God said, I'm well pleased with you. Hope you got that. The moment you put on your new identity in Christ, Without you having to do one good deed, one good work, you need to know because God sees you through Jesus and not through your righteousness. He looks at you and he goes, I am proud of you, son. Whew. You guys, we've got to get in there, man. You better wake up. He said, I'm pleased with you, son. And it's so awesome. And he feels God that all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord leads him into this dry season. Not the devil. The Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness. Can I tell you that the wilderness is what, is what we all need? We don't like it. It's not popular. It's not real, real happy. But it's something that God says, this is what I, I want to happen to you. And sure enough, that's what began to happen in my life. My job had all these raises. Well, it began to go south. I had some issues. And it just, things started to not work out so well. I started having car problems. I mean, like everything was breaking on my car. It was amazing. It was, oh, have hit our finances. My dog got out. I lost my dog. Okay, that's serious. I know it sounds like a country song right now as I'm talking, but it happened. Everything was going bad for, for literally about a year. About a year this happened. Everything was going wrong. I would pray, and you know what? God wasn't answering my prayers like he did at first. And, and I wasn't getting a parking place at Walmart. I had to walk all the way from the back. And you know what I'm saying? My car was smoking. and go. I mean, I had, where was God? And then if I could be serious, the big one hit shared it in the early service. I haven't talked about this a lot, but my dad had a massive heart attack. And he actually, he died uh, there in Wyandotte Hospital. And of course, God worked a miracle and he's here today. And, uh, but our, that all happened at the end of the wilderness season for me. And it's not about me, but God uses all things. I mean, all things work together for the good. And, and so I remember getting home from, from church that one Sunday and I got my answer machine. And I answer machine is this... Um, device that's uh, it had a red two on it you've got two messages remember that you've got mail remember that okay anyway and um it was my brother and he said get to the hospital eddie dad had a heart attack and so we get to wind that hospital had a snowstorm long story short we get there and and I'm, I'm a man of God. The waiting room's filled with preachers and pastors and family. I got a lot, of, a lot of them in my family that are ministers. And we had everybody there. And we're all full of God. God's going to work this out. Glory to God. The anointing. And uh, be honest with you, I'm feeling like God's a million miles away. And so I remember I sat down and I got into the Bible. You always go to the Bible. Pastor Eddie always says, find yourself in the Bible. You know what I opened up? I did one of these. 
speak to me, God, seriously. I opened it up, no lie. I went to Timothy where Paul says, my time of my departure is at hand. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not only for me, but for all those who serve God. If you know, that's Paul's last words before he was beheaded. I was like, God, that's not what I want to hear. I don't understand it. And I closed it and I said, God, what's going on? And they they went in and worked on my dad and they gave my dad this pill. And they said, this pill has the potential. It's a clot buster. It busted busted up the clot. He had what's called a widow maker. His uh, main artery there was clogged. And they said, this is going to break it up. However, (laughs) fine note here, small writing, you could die. It's a risk. And I want you to talk it over with your wife, but we've got to make a decision here real soon. My dad was feeling a little bit better, so he talked to my mom, and they were like, you know what, let's go ahead and take it. He went ahead and took the pill. It seemed like it was working. We were good. You know, we're in the waiting room. I'm still kind of looking for a scripture. While this is happening, I go over and I read Hezekiah, where the Bible says that Hezekiah was sick and he was going to die. And God said, Hezekiah, put your house in order for your time has come. But Hezekiah turned to the wall, the Bible says, and he prayed and he said, oh God, please give me more time. He prayed that. And you know what? The Bible says God heard his prayer. He told Isaiah the prophet, the preacher, go back in and tell Hezekiah I'm going to add 15 years to his life. I'm just happening to read that in the, in the waiting room. And God said, I'm going to add to your dad's life. As soon as that happened, my mom comes running into the room. They just said, cold blue. My mom and my aunt runs into the room. She's about to fall. She's crying. She, she, she says he's gone. The clock buster actually did the reverse, and he coded. He died there in Wyandotte Hospital. Boom. And everyone just grabbed my mom. It was, it was one of those very nervous times, and here I am. And I just went into this. I'd have walked right out and went into the... Boy, I get emotional every time I talk about it. And I went into the room where he was at. And I looked into the room and they're hitting him with the paddles. And they're, they're working on him. And I remember looking over in the, in the nurse's station. It's like, they're like answering phones. Like, hello, Wyandotte Hospital. And what did you have for lunch today, Sarah? I mean, I, I, remember, I, I remember like I was in this... I want the world to stop because my dad has died. I, I, I don't know. Have you ever been there? Have you ever? Everything was slow motion. And I, re, I didn't care where I was at. I fell to my knees in the waiting room. They had a curtain and I began to rebuke death. I began to pray. I began to, I didn't even know what I was saying. I was probably going, ah, ah, crying. But I'm saying, God, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you've been for the last few months of my life. My dad, is this how it's going to end? You told me in the Bible that you added to Hezekiah. God, I pray. Oh, I pray. Come on. I mean, there's prayer, and then there's prayer. Come on, somebody. There is prayer, and then there's prayer. And I said, God, in the name of Jesus, let my dad live. Let him live for a little years to his life. And just like that, the guy said, we got him back. We got him back. My dad said, he looked up, and there was this dude with his big beard. He was a Middle Eastern dude. He was like, oh, no, we got him back. (laughs) That was an Indian accent. Okay, wherever. Get up, and it's like, wow. Here's the good part. The medical doc, while he had his out-of-body experience, he had an out-of-body experience. And I'll just tell you a bit of it. The last, it was a short little thing. He was in the presence of God. He heard a voice. Go back to earth. Tell everyone there is a judgment after death. That's, that's how he woke up. He began to tell the doctors, whoa, I just saw. I was just in heaven. I mean, it was like powerful. And uh, they get in the ambulance with him to take him to Oakwood Hospital to finish the procedure. The medical doctor, the MD, gets on the ambulance with the paramedic. They sit down. He goes, tell me. He's a young doctor. 
He's in his 30s. And he says, tell me about this experience you had. I was there. I saw you go out. He told the medical doctor that. The medical doctor said, took off his ball cap and said, pray with me. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right now. Come on. Medical doctor, paramedic. He's been to U of M telling his story. I went with him a couple of times. They had a little room set up. Talk about out-of-body experiences. My dad gets up there and goes, yeah, I went to the judgment seat. Y'all better get right. No, I mean, it was kind of like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he did. And, and, and I've come out of that season. And my point is this. Yeah, that was the most difficult season in my life. That was, that was one of the most hardest. But it wasn't the only one. There are other wilderness seasons that you and I must go to. But can I tell you that during that time, I did more spiritual growing than I've ever done ever in my life. What God was doing was growing my character. He was teaching me to trust in His Word. He was teaching me to not just believe there is a God, but know that there is a God. He was teaching me not to just read the Bible on our little devotions and say it's it's information. It became revelation to my spirit. In fact, it says in Hebrews that Jesus himself, put this one up here in Hebrews, it says that though he was God's son, he learned, everyone say he learned. He learned how to trust God. He learned trusting obedience by what he suffered just as we do. Can I tell you that that's what the whole uh, wilderness season is meant for? It's meant for us to say, hey God, you're not going to just be, I don't want you just to be an accessory on my life, like a necklace. I don't want you to just be, I'm not just going to add you to my life. You are my life. You, you are my breath that I breathe. You are everything. I am making you Lord of my life. That happens during the wilderness season. And even Jesus himself had to learn from this. So if I can give you two invaluable points, two most lessons that you can learn about the wilderness, because I can go forever about the wilderness, but two things I want you to take away from it. Number one is simply our character is developed in the wilderness. This is exactly how God has the, the character in our lives to get developed. That's, exact, that's the only way that he does it is he has us go through these dry seasons where he feels like he's, not, he's, not, he's a million miles away. It's during those times where, God, are you even listening to my, to my prayer? And then can I add with this, character is formed by the choices we make in the wilderness. By, by the choices that you and I make, not when God's answering your prayers, not when you're finding a parking place at Walmart, not when you pray and God does a miracle. Because you know what? I've prayed other prayers and prayed for my loved ones and they did not live. They did die. They did pass away. God did not intervene. He did not do a miracle. It did not end very happy like that. But you know what? I was able to handle it because my character was developed. It develops. It's the only way it develops is through the wilderness. I've heard many ways of quoting this, what I'm going to tell you. I've heard John Brevere, uh, Joyce Meyer, they always talk about it, and they, and, they, and they have some great ones. But I need you to know that our, our character carries our anointing. Your character, let me say it like this, holds your anointing. And the Bible says, then Jesus came back to his old neighborhood and the anointing was upon him. He had the anointing because he, he had the character deep enough to hold it. They say that the character is the cup. It's the vessel that holds the anointing. This is what I've learned that it is. It is like a well that has to be dug in your spirit to hold the anointing. That, that, that's what it is. It's, and digging a well is not fun. 
But our character is where it has to get dug deep. It has to get developed. Let me show you about John the Baptist. Put that one up there. The Bible says about John the Baptist that so the child grew and became strong in spirit. You, know, you look at that word spirit, it's the small s. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's his spirit. John the Baptist grew and became strong, not, not flesh and outward, in his spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his manifestation to Israel. Let me tell you how long that was. 30 years. He was in the wilderness 30 years and only had a six-month ministry. I know it's devastating. We lost somebody back there. He was in the wilderness 30 years for only a six-month ministry. But you know what Jesus said about John the Baptist? There's not been another prophet greater than him born from a woman. Powerful. 30 years of preparing. We've got three chapters in Genesis that tell us how God made the heavens and the earth. Three chapters. He made everything. Boom! Three, three chapters. We have 13 chapters showing us how he developed Joseph into a leader. Are you here? His character has to hold the anointing. Every judge in the book of Judges, even Deborah, all of them, they judged for 40 years except Samson. Samson only did 20. He only did half of what the rest of them did. Why? Because he had a problem with the ladies. Because his character was a little shot glass. Can you say shot glass on Sunday service? (laughs) I do not drink that stuff, okay? A little glass. No, Samson, he was, he was mighty outside. Remember on the outward part? When I was a little kid, man, I was like, man, I, I want to grow my hair long in Jesus' name. Just so I could be like, his strength was in his hair. God took care of that real quick. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't laugh. I can laugh. You don't laugh. Samson was strong, Steve. He was young. He had it all going. But he had a problem with the ladies. His, he had the anointing. He, he, would, he would mess with people. He would mess with the enemies, the Philistines. He would take the gates and take them off the city. It took 12 men to just open the gate. He picked them up, carried them on his back on top of a hill, and woke up in the morning and said, Hey, how you like me now? I mean, he, he, got, he, was just, he, grabbed, he would chase down a fox and put a torch on the end of a fox and run him through the cornfield. Don't do that. <laughs> he was super fast, super strong. He was God's anointing. He was meant to, to deliver Israel, but he had a problem with the ladies. And his character, this is the point, couldn't hold his anointing. And so he only served for 20 years. You you, you know what I was doing during those wilderness seasons? God was growing and digging my well. That's what he does in a wilderness. Maybe you're in a wilderness season. Well, well, God feels like he's a million miles away. Can I minister to to you right now? You know what he's doing? He's digging a well in you. He's digging. I had to learn to be a good steward over my money. I wasn't making much money, but I had to learn to not only give God His first, but I had to be a good steward over what's left. That that's wilderness. That's stewardship. That's that's discipleship. That's being a good steward. Why? Because God knew one day I would be a pastor of a ministry. He knew one day that if I didn't have the integrity, if I can't lead myself, how can I lead other people? And so if you're a dad, no matter who you are, you are called to be a leader. And if you want to go deep with God, you want the anointing. You want the power of God. You want to be able to preach. You want to be able to sing and watch people get delivered. God says, I want that too. But first I've got to have something that will hold the anointing. Go ahead and give Him praise. 
So we have in Deuteronomy, the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt. And he leads them what? Into a what? Wilderness. I'll help you. I was going to say that, but I'm sure a wilderness. Okay. He led them into the wilderness for 40 years. He's there for 40 years. They're there. And he's dropping manna out of heaven. They had to eat the same food for 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Because God was saying, hey, I, I want you to make sure that you, when the newness of me wears off, that you, I want you to still be faithful to me. So you come to a new church and you get, oh, hey, preacher's good and the singing's good. Oh, I like everything. I'm going to go cardio drumming and beat on the ball at the college. I mean, I love life groups. I'm going to get it. Oh, you're so cool. You're so fun. Oh, picnic's coming up. Oh, man, this church is an outreach church. I love it. They win souls. God is good. Oh, man, God, he's answering my prayers, man. God is everywhere. You're witnessing that work. And then what happens six months from there? The newness begins to fade. It begins to fall off. And the children of Israel said, oh, same song, same message. Hallelujah, glory to God. I've heard that before. <sighs> oh, excuse me. And that's what happens when we begin to get too comfortable. God, they came out. God was feeding them with manna from heaven. Food came from heaven every day. Ladies, no cooking. You just wake up. Dinner's in the front yard. <laughs> every day. Fresh. Their clothes never wore out. There was no Macy's, no J.C. Pitt, nothing. They had, God said, I'm going to take care of you. Their feet didn't swell. They, they, they weren't. God kept them healthy for 40 years. You know what they did? They complained and they murmured. Why? Because it got old to them. So this is what God said. They, they asked, God, why did we have to go through the wilderness? Why did we have to do it? Put that one up in Deuteronomy. He said, I did this because he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you. There's that teaching again. Jesus had to learn in the wilderness. Remember? He said, this is a teaching point. This is where you learn. I had to teach you that man, here it is, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know what he's saying? You have to go through the wilderness because it's in the wilderness time that you begin to learn not information, but revelation. Where it's not, oh, I have my daily lesson, I have my daily bread, whatever it's called, and I have my, my planning, you know, my, my, all of these things that we have. And those are good, and I'm not bashing them, they're really good, but I want you to know something. That man does not live by your daily devotion only. But when that daily devotion comes alive and speaks something fresh into your spirit, like Eddie, that's Hezekiah, 4,000 years ago. But guess what? What I did for Hezekiah, I'm going to do for you and your dad at one that hospital this February snowy day in 1999. Fresh rhema rose off of those pages. I closed my Bible, went into a room where my dad was dead and commanded death to leave that room. Why? Not of information, but revelation. So if you're in a wilderness, that's what he's wanting you to do in the wilderness. That's where you learn the word of God. And that's where you'll learn the word of God. Where it's not just, it's not just words. And Pastor Randy's preaching, yeah, I've heard that. You know, I like it on Facebook or I don't like it. You know, we, we have this on, on Facebook. If I like it, you know, we like it. And when people go through the Word of God, that's a good verse, like it. Ooh, I don't like that repentance. <laughs> that's for you, brother. What, what I preached you a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus was unfollowed by many. And they usually unfollow Him when He brings us into the wilderness. 
Guys, I want you to know something. God has got so much more for us. He's got so much more for you. He's got so much more for this church. But in order to do that, we've got to have deep wells in our spirit. We've got to be people. Some of you are the only Christian in your family, and you feel like you're going through hell on earth. You know why? Because he's digging that deep well enough for not only you but for your family to survive during the wilderness. You're the only living well. What did Jesus meet the woman at the well? She's thirsty. I love it. Jesus walked up. He didn't give him a sermon. Her a sermon. Jesus walked up and said, hey, you know what? I'm thirsty too. She kind of put her guard down. Like, oh yeah? Well, you being a Jew, how come you're talking to me? But his identity is not wrapped up in his ethnicity. So he stepped out of his ethnicity and said, I'm the son of God that comes to give you living water. And next thing you know, this lady said, what you have, I want. Why? Because she recognized the well. She came to a well and she found the living well. But at the end of the story, she became a living well herself, went into the whole city and brought the whole town out. But that well has to get dug. And the well is only going to get dug in the wilderness. I'm going to get you excited about the wilderness by the time you leave out of here today. You're going to be freaked out. Let the wilderness come right now. But it's not fun, it's not exciting. It's not like, woo, we really don't pray that. It's like, get me out of here right now. But God says, no, I, I got you in there. I remember coming home from work during my wilderness times and the, the, the goosebumps fell off, like I said, and I remember having to make choices because, like I said, choices form our character in the wilderness. First Corinthians says, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company will corrupt good character. I wish good character did the opposite to bad company, but it don't. And so I remember coming home from work. On a, on, I'll never forget this particular time. I came right to the intersection of my old neighborhood. I-75 I, I was being worked on again. Amen. And uh, so anyway, going through there, and I believe the Lord led me that way. The Lord led me into the wilderness. I'm going to message your theology a little bit. So we think God just gives us all goosebumps and he's all good. When you read the word of God, you find David running for his life by his mentor, trying to kill him. But can I go deeper and tell you that that was God that allowed Saul to chase David? The Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness. The Spirit of the Lord led him into a dry season. He don't, he's not evil, but he allows things to happen. Because I, I've learned that when you come out, there is no testimony without a test. Paul said, I'm busted up, I'm battered, I've been beaten, I've had everything go wrong, but I'm going to rejoice in it because I know this mild, this little temporary thing that I'm going through pales in comparison to the glory of God that I'm going to get one day when I step up there and see my loved ones who didn't make it. When I see those who I prayed for, but God didn't heal, but I know they're in heaven. You won't believe that unless you really learn to believe it in the wilderness. And I prayed and I said, or I looked at that red light and I looked up and there was a liquor store and I heard this voice, go in there, get you a little little black and mild, go down the cooler, grab you a 40 or a six pack, it's been a while. And I remember these thoughts. Go back to your old friends and just kind of show them that you're not perfect. You know, they're going to really relate to you then. I mean, don't get too drunk. I mean, just do the... I started thinking of a lie. I'm standing in the red light there on Schaefer thinking of what I can tell my wife of why I'm not going to be home in time. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, having spiritual... War. I mean, the devil won't come up with you with a stone and say, if you're a Christian, turn it into a bread. I mean, he don't do that. But he will say, hey, 
Won't you come out here? Won't you come out here? Won't you try it? Won't you go to this website? Won't you go over here and talk to her? Won't you go over here and talk to him? Isn't it crazy when you really start living for God? I mean, people show up who you ain't talked about, talked to in years. When I got saved, I had people coming at my door, knocking on my door, talking about, let's go out, I'm buying. These dudes never bought nothing when we used to go out. And now they're talking about they're going to buy up everything. Come on, somebody. But I remember getting into that red light, and I remember looking up, and I seen the liquor store. And this was my huge moment of deliverance. I grabbed my blinker, and I went left. Choices that you make in the wilderness. And I came home, hugged my wife, my two young daughters, sat down, opened up the Bible, flipped on TV, same old TV, same old Bible, same old couch, same old cat. We had Sasha, the little cat, same wife, same hedges, same old oily, leaky car, same bills laying on the dining room table, but something was different. My well just got a couple inches deeper. Who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to today? Oh, it hurt. Oh, I know it hurt. But God says, I need you to go a little bit deeper because I'm going to use you one day. Oh, I'm going to use you one day. I'm going to use you one day. Oh, God, God, send me to the nations. Well, I first need to send you to your prayer room. I need to send you. You still got your war room? I know the movie's over. How about your war? How's your war room going? Character. Character. That's how character is developed. It's not real exciting, but you know what? Man, I felt a little good. When I come out of that season, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit began to rise up in me in that season. Last thing that I want to tell you. First thing is that our character is developed in the wilderness. The second thing is, is this. Put it up there. The Spirit leads us into the wilderness, but our obedience determines when we leave the wilderness. I, I wish I could tell you, listen, you, you, you can't shorten the wilderness, but you can lengthen it. The children of Israel went for 40 years. It was a, what was it, 11 day journey. It was only 11 days. Some people hear me say, man, you, I, I want to do what you do, Pastor Eddie. Well, okay, are you willing to do what I did? Are you willing, you, you, see, you see people that are singing, a, you know, Elevation Church, and you see all these awesome worship teams and aw- awesome worship bands, and God's raising up people like Stephen Furtick and Judas Smith and, and Jensen Franklin. He's been, he's a man of integrity. This guy's been preaching that way for a year. You say, I want those ministries. Well, listen to their stories. Listen to how they let the Lord dig deep in their well. I remember Stephen Furtick talking about how he got even filled with the Holy Spirit at camp. He went to a camp, even though he's a Baptist boy. He went to a camp, and they made him mistake. They brought in a Pentecostal preacher to do a youth revival. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in them their tongues. He got on fire for God. He said he, it turned his life around. He began to get into ministry. I mean, you listen to these stories, but they go through a time when their families and their friends turned on them. All these things happened to them. And if you want to get out of that wilderness, it's all up to your obedience. Jesus knocked it out in 40 days. It took the children of Israel 40 years And then they all died in the wilderness except for Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was like, I'm not going to be like my mama and my daddy and them. I'm getting out of this wilderness. How about you? How about you? I want to show you this last thing and then we're going to go. I could tell you about the children of Israel, what kept them in the wilderness. But there's something that's very fascinating. I love this. I've heard this uh, and I've kept it for a while. And the Lord showed me this a long time ago. And. I was reading something, and it came back up. But anyway, remember the plagues of Israel that uh, the children of Israel were supposed to come out? One of them was a plague of frogs. How many like frogs? 
How many do not like frogs? Okay, I, I, I don't like anything creepy, crawly, or slithering, or anything. I'm not scared of them. I just don't like them, and I'm afraid of them. Anyway, so... Pharaoh would not, he would not let the people of Israel go. You need to read about it. Our kids learn it. By the way, I love what our, you know what our kids are learning this month? They're learning character principles. They're learning respect. I was talking to one of them, one of our leaders before our services, man. And they're talking about every week what they're, what they're going to be teaching their kids, our kids, to respect moms and dads. That's worth the offering right then and there, moms and dads, right there. How I many of we got an issue that's absent in our culture today? We're teaching that to our kids because it, it, this, is, this is stuff. This is good stuff that we need. The Word of God tells us to do that. If we need to be like Christ, we need to be like Christ. And so anyway, Pharaoh would not listen. He was hard-headed. How many hard-headed people we got? That's me. I, I, amen. And you're, you can, Pharaoh was hard-headed. So God said, I'm going to put frogs everywhere. Now look, when the Bible says he, God put frogs, the Nile was the river still there. We'll team with frogs. They will come up into your palace, into your bedroom, on your bed, in the houses of your officials, your people, into your ovens, in your kneading troughs. And then, look at that. I mean, slimy, stinky, smelly, big bullfrogs on your bed. You go to the pantry, grab some chicken noodle soup. Amen. There's a frog in there. He's in your, in your everywhere, in your fridge. I mean, frogs, nasty frogs were everywhere. Moses comes in and Moses says to Pharaoh, I leave it to you. To the honor of you seeing, setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials so that the frogs may leave your house. He comes in there and he goes, okay, Pharaoh, I want you to tell me when do you want to come out of your wilderness? When, when do you want the dry season in your life? When do you want that to end? When do you want God's blessing to come in your life? When do you want God's favor to come in your life? When do you want these nasty frogs out of your life? When do you want the, the, the habits that you know are not godly? The, the, all these things. When, when do you want to get free from all of that? When do you want it out of your life? And you know what the guy says? The guy says, so he said, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I know his wife wanted to just clothesline him right there in the, in the palace. He says that. He looks, at, he looks at Moses and he says, Moses, I'll do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. How many people are in wilderness and in a season? Some of you even right here in this building listening to me right now. You're in a time of your life that you know that this thing could end and God could bring you to a deeper level, but you simply just will not obey the Lord. And you simply wait and you have that same attitude where it says, I will, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. You remember that old song the Winans used to sing? Tomorrow, yeah, there it is, right? Jesus said, I am He who supplies all your needs. And you said, I know, but tomorrow, ooh, tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. I thought about today, but it's so much easier to say tomorrow I'll give my life and at the end of the song he comes back and he goes but you say tomorrow may very well just be too late come on up here now I'm going to close google it the whinings it'll bless you it sounds a lot better than that here's the song Jesus said here I am take my hand and you said, I will, but tomorrow. I will tomorrow. I'll quit going to that website tomorrow. 
I'll quit doing that with my friends tomorrow. I'll quit sleeping around outside of marriage tomorrow. I'll quit doing that at work tomorrow. I'll quit doing, fill in the blank. We all have them. I'll quit doing it tomorrow. That's the same thing. And God, Moses looked at him and he said, okay. But tomorrow, today is yesterday's tomorrow. When I got saved, it was November the 5th. You know what I said? No more tomorrow. I said today. Aren't you tired of the frauds? Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of the issues, the fight, the drama? Oh man, it starts off, you know, frogs look kind of harmless at first, man. When you get up in your house, it's nasty. Nobody likes them. That's exactly what, what the enemy does. Little by little, he tries to come into our house. And then he has a little bit more. And next thing you know, there you are standing. And I said, God, I want to get out today. How many want to get out today? If you want to get out today, I want you to stand to your feet today. I'm saying I'm saying there's some seasons like I said we can't we can't shorten them but we certainly can lengthen them a lot of times the the process a lot of times the wilderness is just God having us go through it because he wants to perfect us he wants us to go a little bit deeper he wants to put that anointing that anointing that that character is what holds that anointing man it's character it's not fun I know man it's tough I could have preached on so many other different things but man this is what God gave me for all of us today, all of us, include me. Bow your heads right now. Father, we thank you for your word. We need you, God. Father, there may be some things in our lives that we need to clean up and get rid of. God, there's some some frogs that we've allowed into our life, into our bed, into our computers, into our social media, into my family, into my marriage relationship. More importantly, into my relationship with you, God. And I want to get them out. Others of you are here and you're just needing some strength to make it through. You've repented. You've got rid of the frogs. God's got you in a season where he's having you go deeper in your word. He's just having you learn where the information becomes revelation. That, that's where some of you are. Wherever you may be, this is what I, how I want us to end. I'm going to pray over all of you. But those of you that need special prayer that says, you know what, I, I just need some strength. I, I, need to, I need to go deeper in my faith or I need to get rid of some things. I'm going to invite you up to this altar. And we're going to go out just singing this one last, last song together tonight. But go ahead. This is an altar church. I want you to come up to the front and just come up. Just answer this. this step into the altar. Take that step of faith. Leave your, your tomorrow in your seat. Today is the day. Come up, face me. And we're going to end this thing this afternoon. Just worship into God. Come on up. Don't wait. Don't wait. You need, are you in the wilderness? You need prayer? You need strength? Well, come up. Well, I'm going to pray group over everyone corporately today. But I want you to respond if that's you. Come on, 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 come on. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just lift your hands to the Lord when you get down here and just let's go out like an old-fashioned service here. Let's just go out with this today. Come on, connect with them right now in this altar. Just lift your hands to them, lift your heart to them right now, right where you are. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. Just worship, worship, worship. Come on.
Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.